The live stream of tonight's podcast is made possible by our buddy Ian Service over at podcastaccelerator.com. As he's here talking, Mrs. Winry, get your cocksucking G&Ts in a hurry, because between the lifestyle I'm living and the zero fucks given, pay attention, this might get a little sorry is all I know. That fresh produce stand there, that's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, fucking sexy. It's Thirsty Thursday. That means we are once again hanging out at the produce stand. A podcast covering everything in the universe. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this one is serving up cocksucking G&Ts. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is lovely Tanya. And online, we have the variant Victor. And filling in for vacationing Squirrely Matt is our buddy Trace. Plus, we have a bonus guest of Casey, who thought she'd come. Well, you'll hear her. Uh, you won't hear her, but you'll have heard her do the limerick off the top because Matt's not here and she does an amazing Mrs. McMurray impression. And joining us tonight, she's a writer, editor, wannabe comedian, an ambassador for the strange, a strong indigenous woman, and the president of the Mark Forward fan club. Please join me in making some noise for Cassie. <laughs> Wondrous. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Welcome back to the produce stand, Cassie. How are you? McMurray, doing good. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for doing this tonight. Because uh, yeah, we're run, run almost at two hundred episodes, so we have a few left to go. So when I put out the word that we needed a few uh, ideas. You stepped up as you usually do, and uh, and tonight is all about Mrs. McMurray. But uh, before we get to that, let's do this. How are you now? Tonight's lineup is going to be Victor, Tanya, uh, myself, Trace, Cass, Casey, and then Cassie, our guest. <laughs> we'll get the last word. Victor, how have you been? Uh, pretty good. It's been a really long week. Uh, we we had a bit of a bit of a scare last weekend. Oh. My um, my stepmom went to the hospital. Oh, no. She had some. Uh, when the, some some uh, some issues with her uh, digestive system. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's back home now, so everything she's she's on, on the mend, and everything is going to be okay. They keep taking turns, my dad and her, like in you know, yeah, uh, getting get getting themselves into trouble. I guess that happens mm-hmm. with older age, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're still they're still going strong. Um, I think she's got like a card. Uh, that they punch every time she enters the hospital. She's supposed to get a free subway by now. Oh man! Um, but like uh, an entire train system or <laughs> subway in Victor fashion. Is are, are are there no subway sandwiches in the U.S.? It's a it's um a submarine place. No, no. Oh, okay. yeah, there are. Al. Oh, okay, I don't know. I mean, well, I was... literally named subway. Yeah, was... Okay. Um, Eat fresh. Victor dog. got it. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I don't somebody know. deserves. Oh, that's right. Because on on community. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Um, anyway, so glad to hear um, she's on the mend and home. Yeah, yeah. So because um, trains, oh, Al. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, Al, that that blue spatula was for you. Oh. Um, so um, and and again, I gave him my condolences on on. Uh, yeah, on our messaging app. And, You're an uh, idiot. You're. You, why don't yeah. you explain? <laughs> since no one else is on our messenger app except you, me, Matt, and Tanya, what you did. 
Um, I, I, I thought I was, uh, you know, uh, doing something nice, but whatever, it's fine. We we can move on. No, you expressed uh, your condolences to, for who, who, who passed away, Victor? Um, who passed away? That was Jacobs. Jacob. Well, yeah. And who was, I had to look up who this person was and I looked it up and it, uh, it's, uh, I don't, I don't remember the name anymore, but it, I'm like, why is he giving offering me condolences was, for this? It was David. It was David Jacobs. For David Jacobs. I'm like, why the hell the, am I getting the inventor of uh, Holland Landing? No. See, that's no. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's the creator of Knots Landing, the TV show. Oh. <laughs> Dude, a little off there. A little off. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, you're going to break Casey. Represent, buddy. I, 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 I passed the law. It's in the right place. <laughs> No, it isn't. You know, a man it's tries not. to do a good thing and no. and and whatever. Um, so so um, I that speaking one. speaking of medical dramas, mm-hmm. uh, we've been we've been uh, watch we were we binge watched kind of this show called Painkiller on Netflix, which is ab- about the uh, the opioid yeah uh, drug. Um, and and it was good. It was with you know Ferris Bueller. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, Matthew Broderick. Um, not playing Ferris Bueller. Okay. Um, and and it was actually done well. The the, the problem I have with these kind of uh, fictional his, historical fictions is that they get you kind of involved in these characters, mm-hmm. and and you you want to care about the story because the events, the the the, the fallout really mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. but the stories they're they're feeding you aren't real. Right. They're just made up characters, right? Sure. So, so I don't know how I feel about it, right? Because mm-hmm. afterwards you're kind of like you're angry, but you're not sure if you're angry at things that really happened or things that didn't really happen. You know what I mean? So, how did you, how did you feel about the parents doing the intros? Um, I thought it was. I thought it was the only. I thought it was the the only thing that was connecting us to the reality to to the reality of it. To be honest. Right. Like, right. because it was, they, they weren't like, you were trying to think, oh, so based on what they're saying, is this character supposed to kind of represent that, you know, their somehow their story a little bit? Hmm. And I guess the answer is yes. Right. But it's, it's again, it's fiction. So, well, but it's not, it is and it isn't. And I think yeah. that's, that's what's difficult because there are so many cases. I mean, mm-hmm. I, where I live is a half an hour drive from a city that is just riddled with meth and um, fentanyl came in and the opioid, like we are in the heart of the opioid crisis yeah, in yeah. Virginia. And that's where the show and yeah. all, all of the, it all went down here in the state. And so the, Billy the, the stories are so common, Victor, that that situation could have happened and we wouldn't know. No, no, like for that, sure. And I and so I'm not I think that's it. where the fiction and the reality sort of so so intertwine. I'm not talking. You know, it's less about the people that got impacted and the way they're talk, talk telling the story about the villains. Mm. So and mm. what else? so okay. so after we finished watching it, right? Because they're like yeah. they're making they're making you know him look like he's such a weirdo and stuff like that. Lives alone in the mansion with the fire. And, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and then so so we liked it. We liked it, and we were interested, and we right. said, oh, let's see if we can find an actual documentary. Mm-hmm. And in the search, we found another exactly the same show called dope sick michael that keaton a, that was my with michael keaton and he's and, brilliant in that yeah and we're watching we're we're halfway through it but it they they 
it's such a different depiction. Like, again, the mm-hmm. victims are going yeah. through the same sufferings, but it's not like these young, dumb blondes that are selling these drugs. There's more in the kind of down to regular down to earth salespeople. It's not just young, hot girls, right? It's, 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 yeah. so it's interesting. And, and they make somehow him seem even more creepy. But in this yeah. one, he has a wife, but in the first one, he doesn't have a wife. It's like, or, or like you never see. So it's just very interesting. And again, makes you wonder how much of what they're feeding us is just for dramatization. So we really see them as villains, <laughs> like, you know, Batman villains as yeah. opposed to like people. So uh, it's very, very interesting. And I recommend both mm-hmm. uh, actually. Yeah. Dope sick. That's an older one, right? That that was, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it is older. Yeah. yeah okay. But yeah. they're literally the same. Like <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing. The same story. Yeah. Wow. Ten, how have you been? Oh, hello. I haven't watched <laughs> Sorry, that show, that but long. I'm interested. Mm. Um, yeah, you wrote that down. I don't know what it was in it, name. Uh, I'll, I'll get it from Victor later. All right. <laughs> um, it's it's been a crazy week. We're on Thursday, and uh, the week's been a blur. Um, the month has been a blur. Like, there's just been so much going on. Um, uh, we had a, a wedding that we went to, That's right, yeah. we had, uh, my mom's birthday, took her to a lavender field. That was really cool. Um, oh my gosh, what else was going on? There's it, the kids are doing activities. Our son's learning to drive, which is scary. Um, yeah, yeah. there's just so, so very much. I'm so jealous of Casey. On. Her, her boys went back to school this week and ours still have three weeks to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'd love for them to go back to school. Tomorrow. And the last, and I, and I feel like I keep on doing this where the last couple of weeks, I don't have anything scheduled for them, which is, is a bad on my part. Cause that's when they should be. Cause they're just like sitting and I'm like, okay, well just enjoy that sitting. Cause that's it. This is like the end of it. And you need to go back now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just been super work is insanely busy, insanely. I didn't even know that there was that whole, um, uh, person who invented hall and landing was, um, in there. I didn't, it even wasn't know that newsworthy. Was a, I, mean, I didn't even know that. No offense to his loved ones and, and family and fans of Knott's <laughs> landing. It was not newsworthy. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it happened. I have not lifted my head up to breathe. Um, I just, I feel like Cinderella at the moment and, uh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Awesome says, let them do nothing. I agree. Sometimes kids just need to be bored. That's when creativity no, strikes. They're not bored though. They, they've got their tablets and stuff. So it's, 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 well, take them it was, away and then let them be bored. Them, then that would be take, one thing, but take yeah. them away and let them be bored yeah. and we'll see what happens. Yeah. But we've been, yeah, we've been, we've been good. We've mm-hmm. been busy. Yeah. Uh, we've been very busy and actually today I started, uh, production on season five of uh, yes we were open i went and and, and conducted the first Yay. congratulations on the well-groomed uh, look you have today oh thank you uh yeah yes. it was uh yeah last yeah, last weekend trip. yeah last weekend we were at carrot fest which is my oh, home, yeah, my hometown's uh festival year uh yearly festival and then they had i think they said they had sixteen thousand people or something like that or visit uh 16 or it was 16. busy it was a lot it was, it was a lot of people it was good wow. anyway uh i took advantage of there's a um um, a barber that I like going to, but I always have to book them weeks in advance, but they had a tent set up at the festival. And I'm like, how long before I can get in there? And they're like, we can take you now. I'm like, perfect. So, uh, I took advantage and got, got done for my show that night. I had a show to play in Barry that night. So, so yeah, uh, win, win there. Um, yeah. And then I started, uh, this week with uh, season five today, I was in Toronto, downtown Toronto at a really cool place called stacked market, which is basically an outdoor mall built with shipping containers and it may sound weird 
but it was really cool and a very cool environment and stuff. And the people I was interviewing, they were part of that market. So I went there an indigenous store, the, the retailer that sells uh, stuff made by indigenous artisans and, and uh, fashion designers and stuff is really cool. And I had a great time interviewing them. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw your post on that. Yeah. So that was today. Uh, so yeah, uh, my off season is ended. Now I'm going to be busy, really busy for the next three uh, months. So <laughs> it feels great. like we were all red. Like, yeah, we I don't feel like I had much of an off busy. season, but anyway, <laughs> So there's that. Uh, Tanya didn't mention, but we did start watching, and it's an older show. I think uh, maybe somebody here talked about it, uh, and, oh. and we finally got into it. it was Lie to Me. Um, and I don't know who who mentioned it. Whoever mentioned that, thank you so much. Tanya. That is, I my fa- I never wanted to end ever. <laughs> it is just my favorite show. Tanya's a big fan. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it too. It's pretty pretty cool. Um, so that's what we've been kind of watching on our. Uh, I feel like I'm watching people now, like to see whether they've got like facial twitches and stuff. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, last week we had a really great time. I hope you guys enjoyed the match game. I thought that was a lot of fun. I hope we, to do that again. And I'm looking forward to having kind of a regular episode this week. Uh, so I'll move on to Trace, who's filling in for Matt. Trace, how have you been? I have been good. Uh, I am currently spending this week uh, cooking alive every day. And it's you wake up and it's about 78 degrees oh yeah you guys and it it just goes to 9900 wow and Ugh. i'm a perpetual state of sweat and funk and <laughs> it's miserable um as far as tv shows this is sad and i'll probably catch all kinds of hell but i discovered wicked tuna wicked tuna okay what's that's this? a reality show about oh, uh, tuna reality fishing. come on oh tuna. okay oh, well yeah, no, all right all right that's fine a, a reality but show for what these for fishing yeah for catching amazing. tuna yeah <laughs> they're from gloucester <laughs> is that is that like uh next to the fireplace station uh channel <laughs> yeah it's right there no <laughs> anyway the deadliest I go back, catch. I go back the and forth just the deadliest uh, so trace trace sent me the uh this week's uh, uh limerick uh, well done by the way uh and then and and asked me if i wanted him to read it for him uh, record it for him since matt wasn't going to be here and i said how about you come on instead of matt and he said sure <laughs> and then he invited Casey on to do the limerick because, well, Casey does an amazing Mrs. Max. So that's why we have uh, two uh, two guests here. Um, Casey, how have you been? Uh, fucking, I don't know. That's all I know. Um, uh, that is the most honest I can get with you. It's been a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a bit rough. I have um, had an uncle pass away a couple weeks ago, my mom's oldest brother. So that's been oh, really hard on the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other uncle is um, fighting some cancer and that sucks. Everybody knows cancer sucks. <laughs> yeah. um, and then on the other side of that, uh, the kids started school this week and I have a middle schooler and a second grader and like independence looks good on my oldest kid and I'm really proud of him. And that's good. I also have to get up at five 30 in the morning. That sucks. So I'm been tanked every day oh, this man. week. Yeah. And so it's easy for me to slip into McMurray tonight because mm-hmm. I am knackered. Yeah. So, but glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime Love you guys and Cassie. Hello. Hello. Um, this has been a incredibly busy week. Mm-hmm. Um, the other person who works in my office in the like 
portals division that I work in. Um, so she went to a different job. So now I'm doing basically two people's jobs smashed into one. Uh, don't you love when that happens? Oh yeah. It's been uh, fun to say the least. I've banked a lot of hours with overtime, and, but you know, right side of everything. Uh, today was like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been uh, training for the Tough Mudder obstacle run, which is at the end of September. Um, I came home to a parcel on my doorstep. Um, and this friend of mine, his name's James. He's an amazing artist, sent me a shit ton of artwork, gorgeous artwork, including like a bunch of letter Kenny caricatures and like, oh my gosh, it made me so happy. Oh my gosh. I'm showing uh, yes. Tanya the pictures now. Wow. He's really, he's really good. That is he's amazing. Yeah. And wow. then the uh, one, one. <laughs> uh, picture that has like letter Kenny and then it has all the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look carefully, you can see <laughs> my dog and you can see his caricature of me. Uh, he added you into the, into the, yeah. No, there's uh there's Riley and where's Cassie? There you are. Okay. Yeah. Beside the yeah. ostrich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, so that was really, really cool. And I was already on a high because um, I've decided that I'm signing up for uh, women's hockey in one of the towns close to me. Amazing. And I got all my new gear today. Yeah, I saw oh, the picture yeah, of that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it looked like she was about to like throw a shoulder into somebody. Yeah, you, you, you look like you should be in the next season of Shorzy uh, with all that get up. I'm Just saying. saying, if anybody wants to recruit a uh, women's hockey player. Very cool. Nice. Well done. So it's been, it's been a good day on top of a horrendously busy week. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it sounds like everyone's been busy and, and Casey, you especially probably need a little bit of a coffee. So why don't we uh, listen to this word from our sponsor? Uh, oh, hey, Alexander, you work here now? It's a man who go to sleep with itchy butt, wake up with smelly finger. Uh, okay. Welcome to Diabolical Coffee. My name is Alexander. How might I help you? Right. I was needing a coffee. Thanks. Well, now, at Diabolical Coffee, we say we have a roast for every taste. How would you describe your taste? I mean, I like coffee. Grind is very important, too. We have a standard grind, of course. Of course. And, of course, we also have a coarse grind. Right. Now, some folks don't trust their grind into strangers, so we offer whole bean as well. For instance, these Peruvian beans are, of course, from Peruvia, which, if memory serves me, is where your family hails from. Well... Portugal, but... So that's like a taste of home. What? Did you know we also have espresso, or as is known in Italy, espresso? You know, the hand gestures don't make that right. We also have K-cups, which keeps the coffee from getting on the outside of the pot, which I must admit, I've never been a fan of. The outside, huh? Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the produce stand. Rings a bell. Now, for some reason, if you put that in the promo code, this guy, Eric, gives you 20% off your purchase. But I'd keep that under my hat. Yeah, secret safe with me. I'm going to go look at the diabolically awesome swag. He'll give you 20% off of that, too. You just can't beat that deal. I don't care who you are. Right. Thank you, Alexander. Don't thank me. Thank Diabolical Coffee. You're right. Thank you, Diabolical Coffee and Eric for your support. That guy, Eric, must be a good guy, but not very savvy if you ask me. Giving away 20% left and right all will and nilly. Thank you, Eric and Diabolical Coffee. And speaking of support, welcome to our not-so-new Twitter followers, 
Stop the Wave from Ontario, John Colton, Casey Reynolds from Lanier City, Tennessee. Uh, and, uh, do you know uh, Casey there, uh, Trace? No. Casey. Uh, well, Lenore. Yeah, we all know so, each other. Is it Lenore? Right uh, it's Lenore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Alfieri from East Ra- Rochester, New York. Chili, Yukon Jack, John, Hen Dog from uh, 2020, Shaft, not Jared Kiso from Letter Kenny. That's exactly what he would say uh, if it were really Jer- Jared Kiso. So I we think know it's, it's Jared you. Kiso, we yes. love you. <laughs> Alicia LeBlanc, Andrew White from New England, Jack Burton, uh, Matt. Um, Oh, hold on. Where's my, okay. Sorry. Uh, Matt may Morty, Ginny from Pittsburgh, Marlushka from Houston, uh, Amanda page, Mark from Rochester, New York, Goodwater family, Chad Hutchins, maybe related to mother Hutchins from the United States, Laura Wanyak, uh, inside the trades from Massachusetts, Daniel Dalton from <laughs> Suffolk, uh, Virginia art long knacker jr. From Louisville, uh, Charles Hunter from Missouri, Wade Wilson from Illinois, Maria, Steve Streeter, Mary Luttrell from Tennessee, uh, Jonathan Moore from uh, California, Guru Bala from Katy, Texas, uh, Merrill, uh, what is that? Merola Coaster from Akron, Ohio, uh, Purs from Cape Breton, uh, Nova Scotia, William Knott, Terry Alford from, um, Alfred from Vancouver, Joe Gatlin, Dangers One from Greenville, Indiana. Brian P. Nice from Danger Zone. Nick Knight. John Baker Feltz from Baltimore. T. Tesks. DBPG Promo Man. Paul Jason. Brock Chrisman from Wichita, Kansas. Josh Perez from Santa Ana, California. Uh, the Bar from Indiana. And Big Deck from Southbury, Connecticut. <laughs> Thank you for following and hopefully for listening. Previously. On letter canning. So last week we played a little universal match game with Sarah and Andrew, and despite Victor's best efforts to derail the game, fun was had by most. Uh, this week, our friend Cassie joins us to kick out her favorite Mrs. McMurray moment. So let's get started. Well, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. All right, Cassie. Thank you for putting this together in such short time. Um, Mrs. McMurray is, uh, you know, a, a favorite character by many. So. Uh, looking forward to your pick here. Do you want to do, give a quick, um, I don't know, rundown of how you got these clips? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll be completely honest, and hopefully this doesn't catch me any heat. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. McMurray, um, when I started watching the show and even through a few watch throughs, was not my favorite character. Um, just didn't really register a whole lot. Like she'd have some good lines and then it was like, okay, fine, whatever. But the more I rewatched the show, um, the more I realized that, like, she has some really funny things to say. I kind of wish she was more of a standout character now. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the, I guess, challenges that I found when uh, choosing and rating scenes was that a lot of them are shared. She very rarely has her own standout (laughs) moments. It's usually propping up another character. Right. So, um it was just kind of interesting in that regard to look at her character. Um, I'm really glad that, you know, as we have uh, seen her grow throughout the seasons, um, she's definitely come into her own a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we'll so- see that in, in your, in your picks and, and there's a definitely a progression of her character. Uh, sometimes it's kind of downward progression, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for the most part uh, you do see more of her character come out. Oh, a hundred percent. And I don't know. I 
kind of think back to when we did ladies night and we had to choose our girl squad mm-hmm. and I'm kind of kicking myself for not choosing Mrs. McMurray. Cause I feel like she would have been like partially nurturing. Like I feel like she'd have a lot of advice to give, but I don't know if it would always be the most PC advice <laughs> in the world. No, definitely not. But uh, it would be interesting advice. And I feel like she would be a ride or die kind of friend. Oh, a hundred percent. All right. Well, let's get started here with uh, you, you've got 10 clips. So we'll start with uh, the first one. Cassie's best Mrs. McMurray moments. Number 10. That was a very productive first hour and 45 minutes, I must say. On to item number 29 or 39. Yep. Still item number 28, baby. Item 28 is a two-part item. <laughs> Thank you, darling. You're welcome, baby. All right, on to item 28, part B. I make Mary motion that the front weather mat be changed from a Remington charcoal four foot by eight foot by three millimeter thick rubber door mat to a raisin charcoal three foot by six foot by three millimeter thick ribbed <laughs> vinyl boot tray. Came in a Gainsborough gray also, which is a pale tone of gray. That's correct, it also came in puce. Puce is a warm gray, tonally. Mm, gray tones don't clean up as well as dark tones, hence raisin charcoal. Better to let goddamn clean after you're done cleaning, cocksucker. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What day, remember? Second on motion? A second, baby. A second so hard. Thank you, baby. I knew you'd second the shit right out of it. Dan. <laughs> Daniel. Mm, he's a real deep sleeper. Oh, super deep. Like he fell asleep at the IMAX during Transformers 2. <laughs> fell asleep right in the back of a garbage truck one time. That's tolerable. Daniel. Do you had dogs sleep for 80% of their lives? You want to know what? He might be faking it. He's faking it. Always oh, faking I it. I can see he's faking it. Are you faking it, Dan? Look, I can see one of his eyes are open. Yeah, he's faking he's it. Faking. Daniel! Don't touch it, it hurts. <laughs> Better cut out all that goddamn snoring before I stuff a cocksucking worm sock down your skull cave. <laughs> Keep going, baby. Everybody's listening. Everybody loves you. Thank you, darling. Better listen to her, Daniel. Now, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's that's the most um, sober we'll we'll see Mrs. McMurray in any of these other clips. I think you're right. To yeah. be completely honest, I think. <laughs> That's one of the first times, if not the first time she's ever, she had a speaking role Mm -hmm. and it's a perfect example of how much she props up other characters, uh, plays off of other characters really well. Mm -hmm. And I love her loyalty to, uh, to her husband, you know, regardless of their quote unquote lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I don't know. My heart melts a little when she's like, keep going, baby. Everybody loves you. Like (laughs) she is there. She is there to support. And I do really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that one's, of course, from Season 2, Episode 1, A Fuss at the Egg Hall. Victor, uh, you know, I know that she's not one of your favorite characters, but uh, does this scene bring back any memories? Um, You know what? I have to actually kind of remember um, because she's so she's just you're perpetually drunk in almost every scene after this mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, you kind of forget that she started out sober. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I have no qualms with this scene. I mm-hmm. think it's spot on. I, yeah. I wish, I wish there was a little more balance to her, to, to her mm-hmm. personality. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not that I, I, I personally don't have a problem with her. I think she's great. I just, generally am not amused by perpetually drunk people. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. all. Sure. So, yeah. So it's nothing against Miss McMurray. Uh, Ted. I, I, oh man, I, I think I have to kind of agree with Victor, which is weird. Um, but <laughs> I, I agree. Like this was refreshing to see her in a non intoxicated, um, way. And, 
you know, how she is. She always though, she's very consistently always backing up her husband. Yeah. She's, she's always very supportive of him. And, and I love how she plays off of people that doesn't change, but her, her drunkenness definitely does change and it gets harder and harder to kind of understand her sometimes. Um, but she does play that role very well. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of the sober though. Watching this scene here makes me think that, uh, um, you know, she's wasting her talents and stenography on, on keeping, <laughs> keeping egg hall minutes and she should be working in a courthouse somewhere. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a fun scene, obviously from a really, Absolutely. really fun episode. And, uh, and it's great to see her and, and the, and the whole, you know, waking up squirrely Dan and he, and he's like, don't touch that. It hurts or whatever he says. <laughs> Just classic, classic squirrely Dan back when we were all in love with the guy. Why was he giving money to, to Wayne? Oh, before this scene, uh, Wayne bet him that he was going to be asleep two minutes into, oh, the, into okay. the egg hall meeting. And, uh, and he, yeah, he paid up <laughs> true to his word. Trace, what do you think of this scene? Um, I, I personally think that, uh, on, as far as the sober drunk thing, as much as I love it all, no character on Letterkenny will ever be, you know, expounded upon for its depth. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're almost characters in yeah. themselves. Yeah, and, they all are. Yeah, and let's be fair. The to be fair, to be no, fair. There you go. The, no. the oversex. <laughs> let's be fair. Yeah. Let's be fair. <laughs> to be fair, the yeah. the oversexed, hard drinking, you know, woman uh, is is a TV trope that's tried and true. But the the beauty of Mc mrs mcmurray is she basically and as the seasons go on somehow turns into this inebriated savant of some sorts <laughs> you know where you know you listen to her and oh god that was funny but that was really deep too <laughs> and you're like and i think as these uh clips go on we'll, we'll begin to see that more okay uh, uh well casey said. casey yeah um i don't know what you people think makes you think that she's actually sober now she just could be coming down like she could be in between drinks mm-hmm. just for the thing like i don't buy that she's completely sober well she, um, she's it, it might be a morning meeting yeah i'm saying she's it, not she slurring as, as much as she usually is yeah so she might no, be, but she's yeah. definitely that's how she normally if that's how she normally talks mm-hmm. then it does i don't think it gets that much worse though because mm-hmm. i think she was just like that's all i know she was she was tripping right. like you see that really early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the up at the roller coaster that is her her cadence. So I I'm prepared to think that she's been drunk. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I love I love this origin scene for her because you really get to see who she is as a character. Yeah. Drunk but since their wedding. We also <laughs> saw we we also saw the same progression though with Mr. McMurray, like his slur of speech. Mm-hmm. Really, they, I think they both kind of tied into each other because they both got he gets, harder uh, and harder yeah, to understand. Yeah, he does. he does. More and more marbles in his mouth for sure. Yeah. Well, I definitely <laughs> find if I'm talking to somebody who has a specific cadence, if I talk to them long enough or I'm around them long enough, I tend to pick up things from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. So it kind of makes sense that they've they worn off, off on each other. Yeah. 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 
All right, let's see. I say progress now. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, there you go. Well, the Canadians are rubbing off on him. I All will right. not say paprika. Who's going to rub paprika? off Paprika? What was it? <laughs> paprika. That's paprika. Progress. I won't say that. No. Sorry, awesome. No, Sorry, awesome. Paprika. Won't do I used it. I say won't progress do. now. I'll say progress. There you go. You've really made some progress yeah. there. That's very meta. Next thing he's going to. call it the washroom. Next man. thing you, you, you know, he's going to. I call it the washroom. Just yeah. trace, just for the sake of you keeping your job, stick to Imperial. Yeah. Don't don't switch the metric or else you'll get fired, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> All those truck parts and, and measured in millimeters and and uh instead of inches and Oh, what was no, it? My, or, or, no, we we hang on. There are other brands like Volvo mm-hmm. trucks, all metric. It's all metric. Uh, yeah. That messes you up. Our our son the other no. just yesterday <laughs> came up the stairs going do you know that they measure in a different way in the States? And like, it, it was just like, it was a new news to him. Yeah. It was and like, he was telling us some big secret. I'm like, yes. yes he's I'm like, like, I was just talking sure. to somebody uh. online and, and they told, they told us that like it was a hundred degrees or a uh, hundred degrees. And we're like, no, it's not. And they're like, yeah, we're in the States. It is. And he's like, they, they referenced it as Fahrenheit. And I'm like, <laughs> and what <laughs> he's like and they use something like hands for to, like, to measure horses to measure but that's, horses. that's everywhere that's not just anyway <laughs> let's uh what else have you been hiding from me mom <laughs> it's all the world lie. i knew was a lie <laughs> it was super funny okay let's uh, let's see what you have for number nine here number nine i am buying 50 bucks is anyone looking for a sugar mama Thank you, Katie. Round of puppers. Beggars can't be choosers. Take another one of them cocksucking gin tonic, Bonnaroo. What has inspired this humanitarian effort there, Katie Cat? A photographer came up the laneway today wanting to take photos in the barn for a 50 note. I said, any day of the week, I'm trying to get docs. Don't you think docs kind of make you that guy? Well, yeah, if they're like purple. Let's look at about your barn, that's what I always say. Well, and I quote, dusty stuff, rusty stuff, and cobwebby corners. Sounds like every barn I ever seen in my life. Well, that's all I know. Kind of a nutsack offers a 50 note for dusty stuff, rusty stuff, and cobwebby corners. This nutsack. Flutter me shutters, lensation sensations. You guys will have to excuse me. I've never seen that guy before. And I wonder if he likes sex with girls. Amy. We've got dusty stuff, rusty stuff, and cobwebby corners. A lot of the dusty stuff has rusty stuff right on it, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's poach this son bitch. Oh, Christ, Bonderosa, add another ounce of this. I still wouldn't be a gentleman's born. Like, it. <laughs> what did she even go. say at the end? <laughs> Ponderosa. Uh, add another ounce. Add another ounce of that, and it still wouldn't be a gentleman's pour. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that was from season 11, episode five, Influenzas, one of the newer uh, episodes. Well done, Cassie. Um, I don't know. I feel like you're going to hear me say this a lot. Mm-hmm. So I hope it doesn't wear thin. But like just how on like the same page her and McMurray are, mm-hmm. um, I kind of throw in some extra like in my notes, I had mentioned how much I love her little like nicknames for Bonnie, which I don't think we really have heard or seen elsewhere in the series. So that was kind of like a fun little tidbit. Yeah. That was kind of new. Yeah. But it was just the fact that like he looked at the card, the business card, and they just had this look, like they shared a look and you knew they were on the exact same page. Mm -hmm. 
the way they were they're scheming and stuff i don't think and obviously it's nothing personal against like katie they're literally they would have tried to poach this off of literally anybody yeah yeah um they're not thinking about consequences they're just thinking about yeah money the 50 dollar ruse but yeah i just i don't know as a couple i think that they actually have probably one of the healthiest relationships um until you know wayne and rosie Mm -hmm. become a thing oh yeah good point 10 oh um um sorry (laughs) (laughs) you weren't expecting to go next (laughs) no i thought it was victor first i'm trying to change it up are you then Mm -hmm. um yeah no i i agree um um, she, I just, you know, what was crossing my mind. Sorry. As, as you were talking, I was thinking, so, uh, Melbourne Jack told us that a 50 note in Australia is a pineapple. And mm. I was thinking, do we have a nickname for our pink $50 bill? It's not pink. It's red. And no, it's pink. No, it's red. It's pink. You know, going off of that though, um, they are swingers and the kind of symbol of, for swingers is a pineapple. So that's kind of interesting in and of itself. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Making connections everywhere. I didn't what even that? know. What does that, that mean? I don't know. It's oh, it's a long story. Victor. <laughs> <laughs> Give it for the after show. Pineapple <laughs> is a swingers. I think yeah, Tanya's going to need to stick around for the after show as well. I and, mean, and so, cause I'm not sure I know the connection either, but uh, no. anyway, let's move on. I think it's, it's got really, a hole in it if you can, core it, I guess. Can, Canadian. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find the connection. From a pineapple. Canadian $50 bill is red, not pink, but we'll move on. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the scene. Um, you're right, but and, and this is the first time I'm noticing that. That's I think that's the first time she uses a nickname, a playful nickname for her, her sister-in-law, Bonnie, mm-hmm. right? So, and I think... Up until, well, up until the last few seasons, Bonnie's been like too young to be maybe on the same, like appear to the McMurray's. But now that she's old, old enough, like she's working at the bar. Yeah. Uh, I think we're seeing a progression there of their uh, relationship, right? Her sister-in-law. I thought she was her daughter. Oh, are we going to go through this <laughs> no, again? We, we already, Jesus. No, we already Bonnie is them. McMurray's sister yeah so that makes her mrs mcmurray's sister why did i think she was her daughter you thought this three years ago because you're victory that's what you do (laughs) we had this discussion once she was their niece niece in the very beginning thought she was the niece who did you did i did yeah no she she tried to implicate all of us i I remember back from the the scene where he's trying to set um wayne up with his sister no, that that was his sister. But anyway, uh, we'll move on to Trace. What did you think of that scene? Uh, well, just to sort of, you know, expound on what uh, uh, Cassie was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rold and Stuart get loads of props for their physical comedy. Uh, Riley and Jonesy, their their interplay. They're m- Mrs. Murray and Murray are right up there with just two actors just dialed in together. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, I it's, agree. And it's it's perfect. And I don't think they get the credit that the other guys do. Uh, agreed 100%. And actually in two clips, we're going to see some amazing physical comedy by Mrs. McMurray, but we'll, we'll leave that for two clips. Casey, I don't know. Victor's eating fun, fun dip. dip. Yeah. He's eating fun dip during this episode. <laughs> He's committed to the pod yeah. tonight. Thank you for that crucial information. Al. You didn't I know what so, he was doing, did you? I'm so sorry. I didn't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not that this is an audio medium or anything. Hey, right. <laughs> Casey, what do you think um, of this scene? 
how many different ways can she say that's all I know her delivery of this? That's all I know. Mm -hmm. I felt like I saw for the first time. I feel like I've taken her. That's all I knows for granted. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to be locked in for the rest of it. Because in this scene, she sort of drags it out and the ending, like the physical comedy that we're going to be looking at Mm -hmm. the subtlety with which this woman, Melanie can perform and deliver a phrase to mean something not the words that she's saying mm-hmm. like mm. the dusty stuff has rusty stuff on it. That's all I know. <laughs> and then she's like, <laughs> like she snaps it physically. Yeah. So that's all I know. Victor. I didn't understand what the hell she was saying. Towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to get so fun. Y'all. Oh man. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the next <laughs> clip. Number eight. <laughs> Number eight. I can't see a fucking thing in here, McMurray. Well, that's the only way to catch a ghost. That's all I know. What do you got for gin there, Gaylor? Don't know, because I can't see the bar. Uh, I get into one of them cocksuckers when you locate it. We're not convinced that it's a ghost, McMurray. We better believe it's a ghost, Kitty. What else could it be? Literally 500 million things. Well, lucky for you guys, Mrs. McMurray and I went down Minican one year, hopped on over to the Aztec pyramids, and got ourselves on a guided tour with some genuine ghost hunters. You guys, they taught us everything they goddamn know, okay? We've guided tours down Polka. We've guided tours down Caicos. We've guided tours down Coon. Pitter-patter. All right. You guys see this in my hand? No. This here is a genuine SB9 ghost talkie. Transmits ghost speak. Oh, is that what it does? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You fire it up, and when the ghosts start talking, you can hear what they're saying. Fire it up, babe. <laughs> Let me sneak his activity off the charts. Did you hear that? Wasn't this clear in, in, in Nippon Poco? <laughs> nothing like this down coon either. Thank you for this down coon. McMurray is such a piece of shit. Oh, McMurray's a huge piece of shit. What the devil? You'll never meet a bigger piece of shit in your life than McMurray. Oh, yeah, what a piece of shit. Jimmy oh, Don Bobby, baby. What baby? I grabbed the wrong box. This year's one half of the high-frequency baby radio that I set up in the break room in the barn to make sure the farmhands wasn't talking shits about me. It would appear that your farmhands are talking significant shit about you, McMurray. What a piece of shit he is, eh? I mean, how does a piece of shit like that land a woman like Mrs. McMurray? Oh, tell you what I'd do to Mrs. McMurray. Baby? Yeah, baby. Remember the lawyer that took the case that time and shut out the worm peckers while they were on the properties? Yeah, baby, I almost got one of them cocksuckers, too. Just missed him by a smidge. By a smidge. Best give him a call. Why, baby? Because I'm McMurray. I'm about to kill a man. (laughs) 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 The Haunting of Modines 2. My turn, I guess. Uh, Her playing with McMurray's nipple at the beginning of that scene is so distracting. It's so distracting. (laughs) I love it. It really reminded me of Gail with the uh, guy's hair. uh, What was it? Squirrely Dan's beard. Uh, Yeah. 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 That's right. The Christmas episode. Yeah. That's right. So uh, why'd you pick this scene? So I, last weekend, actually, um, I had gone on a ghost walk slash ghost. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. How'd that go? Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It was spooky as you know it should be were you like um, were you pinching on somebody's nipples too or no or, i was not well maybe that helps with the scariness i don't know that that's yeah part when of you it. go with one of your best friends you probably don't want to do that no that's not a, any hard rules so not a line that's you cross probably when I'm you pl- should do it yeah I, i'm playing that's, with alan's nipple right now you, that's all you, i you know <laughs> <laughs> um 
Um, so like I felt spirited in that regard and mm-hmm. I love like their enthusiasm for the actual like ghost hunting mm-hmm. side of things. Um, EVPs are always really, really interesting to me. Like whether you believe in ghosts or not, I just think it's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the fact that they, they, you know, specifically said, oh, we have guided these tours in like Cancun and Poco and all that. Right. Um, and then that switch um, to, again, just really supporting McMurray when he turns on his walkie talkie thinking, you know, it's a spirit box. And all he's hearing is people trash talking him. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love, again, her support and stuff. Yeah. You can probably just take a shot every time I say that and sure. we'll have some alcohol po- poisoning by the end of the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah. And because Letterkenny is so based in reality or quote unquote reality, putting them in this kind of unreal situation, like ghost hunting just mm-hmm. makes such a, a fun context for mm-hmm. it. Sure. Um, I kind of liked also that uh, when she hears the barn hand say that, you know, she's really fine and, and uh, what they would want to do to her. She doesn't ever look flattered. Mm-hmm. She, al- she only ever looks um, embarrassed for him. For, for McMurray, right? Mm. Which, again, just kind of shows the supportiveness there, right? Trace, what do you think? Oh, 100. Uh, on this one, the thing that I like the most, and you'll, you see it time and again, is just when McMurray goes on, uh, you know, his tangents of absolute batshit lunacy, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when Miss McMurray gets the most turned on. <laughs> it's I'm about true. to murder a man. And she's like... Oh. Now, I want you now. <laughs> and whenever it's like, you know, he goes off on something that's even more hard to understand. Yeah. She, she's getting down and ready. Yeah. They've truly found their match. <laughs> yeah. K- Casey. Um, I, this, I, this is not my favorite episode mm-hmm. of letter Kenny. Um, what always sticks out for me is how the McMurray's are acting blind. Like mm-hmm. I get like, I think that the people at the bar are talking to the sound, but I also don't think they're playing like they're in pitch black dark, but right. like Mr. McMurray absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And so is she. Yeah. And I think that that's the most hilarious bit of it, but this is not one of my favorite scenes or one of my favorite episodes. So yeah. like, meh. yeah. Uh, awesome. Once was reminding us one of the voices on the, on the radio is, uh, is done by Jared Kiso as well. So <laughs> once again, <laughs> He, he uh, has a, takes every opportunity he can to <laughs> to flex his uh, different voices on this show. Victor, what do you think of this? Yeah, um, not much more to say except that she didn't seem as drunk as she is in other scenes, and she may not mm-hmm. even be drunk in this scene. Um, like she's yes. she seems like she seems pretty kind of except you know for playing with his nipple the whole time mm-hmm. uh and actually when they when they uh were saying what they wanted to do to her she, I, it looked like she wasn't flattered but she got even more turned on with him mm-hmm. <laughs> she started like kind of rubbing his shoulder more yeah. like don't worry uh, honey i'm with you yeah. kind of thing yeah they're soulmates um, yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah not much else to say here yeah I I honestly feel like I was watching it for the first time. I don't remember this episode. <laughs> I was like, when did this happen? I I don't remember it's the episode. Halloween special. You'll have to watch it again. I don't remember. No, you don't. Yeah, have to. I just really I really it's not a very memorable episode. It's not even my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't. Rem- I, yeah. Well, it's the one 
where you th- mistook the the pig hoof as yes. Uh, I was wondering if it was that. Yeah. Is that because because they were referencing the ghost of mm-hmm. Uncle, blah, blah, Eddie. Blah, yeah. Uncle Eddie, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was the jar that I thought there was another. Yep. Yeah. And it was, yeah, okay. So <laughs> the whole episode isn't in the dark. Just that Atta part, girl. That that specific that, part. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, it was super distracting. Her mm-hmm. playing with the nipple, and um, uh, it, she's just hilarious. She is. She's hilarious. <laughs> Both of them are. Yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, now we were talking a bit earlier about uh, you know um, physical comedy. I think this clip here shows off her physical comedy the best. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Now we are asking for 5K for 5% of our business. Okay. We want to give back to the community by helping them cocksuckers get rich. Uncle Eddie used to buy lottery tickets for the seniors at the home every week. And we want to goddamn do that by auctioning off other people's shit. Bingo. Did you know that there are storage facilities surrounding Letterkenny that are filled with other people's useless piles of their shit that they have forgotten about? Abandon it, baby. They abandon, abandon, it, abandon their, shit. Their, shit, their shit. You know, who's numb to it? I gotta polish to get a cocksucking gin talk right here. All right. We have secured the auctioneering right for these such storage facilities with the help of our friend Jimmy Dixkin. Dickens. That's exactly what I said. So, <clears throat> what we want to do is we want to take people down there and have them rummage through all the shit and then buy some of the stuff and probably more than likely, most definitely, find hidden treasures, golden jewels. And I'd settle for Tom Collins if it'll get this rig rolling. So, you want to sell other people's shit that they left in their storage locker? Abandoned. Abandoned. Abandon. Things are abandoned. But it's a storage locker. Nobody's got any good shit in there. <laughs> you would be surprised. I'm never surprised. Well, you will be, once we show you a demonstration of one such storage locker that we have brought down from the tiny town of Timberton. Baby, if you will, shall I call you Vanna for a little role play? <laughs> oh, baby, you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, and a one, and a two, and a three. Got a beautiful set of DVDs here. Let's start the DVDs galore. Look at that. One, two, three, four, five. That's $50 guaranteed in for sure for DVDs alone. Then we got a VCR. That's a vintage VCR. Guaranteed $50 for that sweet piece of machinery right then and there. Maybe 100 maybe 150 No big problem. What else we got, baby? Fishing lures. What man doesn't want them? What man doesn't need them? What man can throw fishing lures all over the goddamn place? Hundreds by the thousand. $5 a fishing lure guaranteed in for fucking sure. So you got five, probably times 100 probably $5,000 right there sitting alone in that box. That microwave was probably touched by Mahatma Gandhi. Easy. Maybe even Jesus. The probably thing, I guarantee you, it's worth $100,000, no problem. A bit generous on your valuations there, bud. All right, 100000 might be too much, but maybe 50000 What do we got now, baby? Looks like we got a handyman storage locker, baby. Handyman storage. We got corn, silk, white. We got lavender brush, white paint. We got mint, cream, white paint. You can cream all over the place, all over your ceilings. You can do them to come in here and buy all of that paint and paint their apartment and give you $100 cash in your hands. You hear me? What else we got, baby? And now we're talking big money. We got the bits. We got bits. Bits coming out of the ass. Twist bits, drill bits, fucking Brad bits all over the place. Baby's putting it out. You can have so many bits, you can put them in your tits, you can put them in your mouth, you can shake them all around, do a little dance and all kinds of shit. Bits all over the place. You can have so many, you can lick them, suck them, stick them, fuck them right in the fucking. Not for me, though, but somebody else who's into that kind of shit. Each one is guaranteed to be at least $100. No problem, for sure. $100 each bit. No, they're not. Sure, goddamn are. No, they're not. Jimmy Dixon. Dickens. I know it's Dickens, and I meant no offense. I was just trying to get you to stop the, well, the thing you're doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, classic. Cassie, tell us about this one. 
So this was one of, well, I, you've brought it up as well. Like this is such a great example mm-hmm. of Mrs. McMurray and the physicality in her comedy. Like one thing that stands out to me and I'm sure it's very, very small is when they're going through the tackle box and mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, there are these lures and they're $5,000 a piece. She pretends like she's casting out mm-hmm. and like reeling in <laughs> and her van poses and, all of that. It's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. I know that um, Mr. McMurray's like narration is going on in the background, but I found when I was watching this scene uh, to decide where I wanted to put it, I almost tuned him out. And it wasn't that what he was saying wasn't funny, but it was just watching her was so much more funny. Yeah, yeah. She made the scene for sure. She barely had to say anything. And yet she... Like you said, she just made the scene. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well said. Well put. Trace. Um, the uh, the thing that gets me on this is just the interplay of all three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of me wonders if they just gave him a general guideline and said go, mm-hmm. and they came up with that, or or if that was like a well rehearsed scene because, you know, in between, uh, Dixkin doing his auctioneer thing mm-hmm. and uh. McMurray going off the rails, she finds her spot mm-hmm. in between all those words mm-hmm. and doesn't say a word and, you know, draws the comedy there. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. perfect. Well put. Uh, Victor? Or sorry, Casey? Casey? Oh, yeah. Our art. This was an artfully written, performed, shot, edited scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Kiso at his best um, giving his actors just gold to work with and playing to their strengths. Um, It's hard to write dialogue that overlaps like that and have it feel coherent and not annoying. And the way that he draws uh, the actor's performance draws the audience through that feeling. And when Wayne says, Dick skin. Yeah. And he's like, I just need you to stop that fucking thing you were doing. That's when you all of a sudden, at least for me, the first time I watched it realized, Oh yeah, that was annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was getting a little tense. Mm -hmm. And so to be taken on that experience, it's just art. The whole thing was art and she's a queen. Victor. (laughs) Yeah. That definitely worked like an ensemble cast. Like uh, she, she, she did well, but I think they all did well together. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it was random. I don't, you know, I don't think it was, I think every time we have, cast members on we ask them hey was that improvised or mm-hmm. and they almost every single time say no that was scripted to a to, to, a, to a to a to a t and mm-hmm. i think this is not any different to be honest and they they i just hope that uh she didn't get any lead poisoning licking that can <laughs> <laughs> of course she did tanya being called worse <laughs> Cassie, this was a phenomenal pick. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. Um, it, it does. It really does. And I'm beginning to question. Maybe she's not drunk as much as we think she is. As much as we drunk she yeah, is. Wait for the next I, I, seven clips. Like, because so far, because <laughs> so far she's Early only days. she's Early only days. been drunk in one of the clips. Really, isn't it? Yeah. Wait. Wait for the next seven clips. Yeah, okay. and it was, it was it was one of the last episodes, right, mm-hmm. Tanya? But these are mostly just early ones so yeah. far. Yeah, she she did a great job, like such a great job. Yeah, she made that scene for sure. Uh, I agree with you. Awesome. Um, Mrs. McMurray's laugh when. Uh, oh, yeah. When uh, oh, God, McMurray yeah. calls her Vanna. Is, that's that that's, was like a real laugh. Yeah, that was a natural. Yeah. Or it felt very natural when she turned around and did that. Um, so you, it makes you wonder. I mean, she's a good enough actress that that could be, you know, an act. 
but it could also, it makes you wonder whether that was an ad-libbed line by McMurray that made her turn around and react that way. And they're like, Oh, we got to keep that in there because yeah. you know, cause uh, it, it just seemed so natural. Um, this scene, uh, you know, you guys have all said it, right. But it, it also makes me think it would be impossible to ADR this scene. So it would have had to have all been done at like when they were shooting it. Like, I don't know if they could have like, ADR meaning like they record the, the lines afterwards in a studio because mm-hmm. like there's so much going on because every time you cut back and forth to uh, what McMurray's saying to what Dickens is saying to what Mrs. McMurray's doing, it all still lines up. And, and because everything's overlapping, I don't know how you could separate those things. Right. So anyway, it's, it, it's, Art. yeah, it's, yeah, it's really well, well produced, well directed. I think we have to, yes. Uh, the, the script Kiso script uh, gets some kudos, but I also think we got to give uh um, Jacob Tierney, some kudos for direction on this one. All right, let's uh, move on to that's, what, uh, that's automatic dialogue replacement. Yes, very good. Thank yes. you. Oh, and that was in case you're keeping track at home, season two, episode five, Uncle Eddie's Trust. Let's move on to the next one. Number six, Miss McMurray Kellerham. He drank about 20 gin gash out the two of us. You what? I drank about 20 gin gash out the two of them. Oh. How's that go? So, I'm stripped down. Toes a spinner. Oh, yes, ma'am. I took my bird forward. I poured the ginsky down my tummy. I felt just through my burden. Straight down the gullet. Oh, 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 oh. And gosh, also called Negrinis. And you blacked out on that? You changed, McMurray. I've seen you drink 30 gusts and brews a baker's dozen times. I didn't say I was finished. Nothing, though, Gaylord. None of this not getting you we bit fidget. And then? And then I was just going to tell you. And then, and then tell me. All right, by that time, we're about three grams deep on the cartel crumbs. Don't forget about the 20 gin gash. And this gal wants to kick things up a notch. Yep. You ever had a gin gimlet? Yeah. How about a gin gimlet? How's that go? I don't have to move. <laughs> I just flip around here. I felt. Hold on, baby. <sighs> Instead of the ginsky going down my tummy and through my bird. Goes down my backside and through my bum. Remember the 20 gin gash? Yeah. Let's just say I lost track of about a dozen gin remnants. Gaylor, ain't none of this getting a wee bit too kinky? Nah. Not the fuzzy peach peter pointer? Nuh-uh. Not even 20 gin gash? Well, not until I've tried it. Not drinking a gin remlet from a stranger's butthole till her socks are soaked? What? She <laughs> left her socks on? Oh! She left her fucking socks on? Fucking disgusting! Don't fucking leave your socks on! Never leave your fucking white socks on! Fuck! Later on, we'll tell you about the bum rum! Did it, baby. We always do it, baby. What was the wager again? If I win, I get a case of beer from you. If you win, you buy me a case of beer. Mm-hmm. All right. That was from season 10, episode five, Vidvok. Cassie, explain yourself. So this is one of the, I won't say first, but it's definitely one of the times that stands out to me where Mrs. McMurray, like she has Mr. McMurray there with her. She has Gail with her, but she's the one holding court. And she is so good at telling a story. Like she could be telling me about the sales she got on Boxing Day and I would be just as interested. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with the physical acting, but it also has a lot to do with 
you know, she's not too slurry there and she's just really a fantastic storyteller. There's, there's no way to break that skill down and say, Oh, it's cause she does this or cause she does that or her inflection or whatever the case may be. It's you either have it as a storyteller or you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that really, really uh, allows her to shine um, where she's not completely relying on somebody else uh, to prop them up. So I just really appreciated that. And it was one of the, the scenes that, made me realize that like, Oh, I actually do enjoy this character more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Casey. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just love watching them together. And I think this is another scene where she might've had one of those ad libs um, when she's turning around for the Jen Rimlet and she's like, hold on baby. And he's like, mm, okay. And there's that, she's got to get set, mm-hmm. um, but it works. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. just, it's nice to look at these scenes this way. I like this. Yeah. Uh, Victor. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd call that her shining moment, but, <laughs> uh, I, but all right. Uh, I was actually more distracted by the three people that were completely disinterested <laughs> by the nonsense that was going on in the middle of the bar. But they must be used uh, to it from the McMurray's. That's why. Yeah. Even, even <laughs> there even were other Gil, people in the scene. Yeah. What? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like right behind them. Mm-hmm. I missed the Yeah, there was a couple, and then there was this one guy just sitting there, I think on his phone or something. And uh, and even when Gail was going off as a like a cartoon <laughs> character past past the mm-hmm. couple, they like didn't even flinch, they didn't mm-hmm. even react at all. She's angry and yelling and stuff like that. So it's I like thought how that many was times interesting. has she done that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> I, I I almost forgot about this. I, again, you're catching me off guard because, uh, yeah, I almost forgot about how physical her humor really is. Mm-hmm. And she was, you know, I, I feel like she squatted. I, I thought she I thought I remembered her squatting in that scene, mm. but I didn't. But it's I a didn't very long it. scene. I cut it uh, kind of halfway through. Oh, did so, you? OK, but, yeah. Because I feel like she, there was a lot of bending I, going on. I feel like there was th- a little I, bit more. I think I remember a squat too, mm. Tanya. Yeah, I feel like there was more physical humor to that, and uh, and I do remember seeing this scene once before, and we were watching Gail's reaction because because her reaction to the whole socks and her physical, um, you know, she she bounces off of uh, Mrs. McMurray's. Um, um, there, physical. Have we done a best of Gale episode? I can't remember now. Uh, did, yeah, did yeah, we, we did. Okay, I don't know. Casey did it. Okay, yeah, Casey. Yeah, it was a great episode. I loved it. Um, <laughs> so this is likely one of the clips Casey picked for that episode. I loved when Gail every time Gail's like, "How does that go?" And and mm-hmm. this is the first time um, we I think realize that the a lot of what the McMurrays are doing is a shtick to see how 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 off-putting they can be to the people around mm. them yeah and, get a reaction. and the more they push and they're not getting a reaction from gail uh the, the harder they push and, and the the more extreme the story gets so i remember actually now i remember talking about this scene thinking back to, to wondering whether a lot of what they're saying is just they're just making shit up because they want 
they get well, off. Certainly when they start talking about Dominican. Yeah. Well, and, they get off as a couple the things that happen. They get off as a couple getting reactions from other people uh, and, and they'll amp it up until they get the reaction they're looking for. In this case, all they have to do is mention socks uh, to, to get Gail to, to react. Um, but I love Gail in this scene. And uh, yeah, I think it was a, it was a fun scene. Great pick chase. Uh, on this one, I, I want to take a, uh, the fact that uh, Melanie Scrofano mm-hmm. as the actress, uh, I'm going way out on a limb here, but I've got to assume that whatever she's into is not as far over mm-hmm. as uh, Mrs. <laughs> McMurray. Mm-hmm. But if she doesn't have the commitment and the conviction to play mm-hmm. Mrs. McMurray, that entire scene dies on the vine. Yeah. I she's mean, definitely committed for the, to the bit. I, I mean, sure. yeah. Even if everything she says is an abomination to her mm-hmm. morals and ethics, mm-hmm. she she's in for the penny and for the pound. Right. Mm-hmm. Well put. All right. Let's see our next clip. Number five. I got a question I got for you. A question. Okay. You need to know that. What are you doing? Oh, last week. Why? I'll tell you. Every spring, you and about 17 gal pals head down Cancun for a girls' weekend. Okay. Let me tell you something about spring break. The older cunt is there for the young cock. And the young cock is there for the older cunt. Got every reason to believe they are, Bob. But they... Miss Caddies? What? A wee bit earlier, I suggested, quite gently, that what the McMurrays do is nobody's business. I remember. I remember you shouting at me. I'm sorry, Squirrely Dan. That's okay, Miss Caddies. We are none of us perfect. And that is what I appreciate. Can I borrow somebody's phone with call Anik, please? No. But what have we learned through all of this, Miss Katie? Different strokes for different folks, I think. I think you just nailed it. Get a little closer. Ooh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Season six, episode five, different strokes for different folks. Cassie. One thing you'll notice when I make these uh, or when I'm doing my best of Mm -hmm. um, episodes for you guys is that obviously the character themselves is forefront. But something I find so interesting and important is how other characters react to them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's almost like having narrators who are part of the audience themselves, muses, if you will, they uh katie says how like they seem like they're so in love and like obviously she's talking about the fact that they're swingers mm-hmm. um so i i like that kind of peek behind the curtains because i think a lot of us think the same thing like oh they're a perfect couple um 
but then they're doing this thing where they're with other people, Mm -hmm. but that's within the consensual confines of their own relationship. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, I, I assume Jared Kiso is the one who wrote the scene or whoever wrote it. Mm -hmm. They really had their finger on the pulse. Um, because I think for a lot of people, that's not maybe what they think of when they think of a committed relationship or marriage, Mm -hmm. right? but it's really represented well. And the secondary, well, there are like three points that I want to make. And that was one of them. Mm -hmm. The second one is I love the uh, polar opposite of when she's talking to Katie and, you know, talking about down in, Mm -hmm. in Cancun and all this. And it's, you know, pretty, I guess, nasty or naughty. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to them like slow dancing and being so in love, like something you'd see at like, a wedding reception or something. It was really, really sweet. So I love that dichotomy there. Yep. And then the third thing, um, and maybe this is me digging too far into it or looking too far into the symbolism, but again, you have the gang talking about them and how, oh, we have no reason to think they're not in love. Like what they do is their own business. They're such a great couple. They're having their sweet moment on the dance floor. And then comes in Mary Fred. Mm-hmm. And Again, there's that dichotomy of true love versus what she did. Right. Mm. And yeah, we're audio, but I, I saw Katie throwing or Casey throwing some birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's um, going boo, Marie Fred. So uh, I think it's it's really nice to see that kind of mirror image. I don't know if that's something they meant when they set up that shot, mm-hmm. but in hindsight, once you know how that storyline goes, mm. it is a a very interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I edited that shot for time, but if I'd let mm-hmm. it play, what we do get is this is the scene where Wayne decides he's going to propose yeah. to Marie Fred. Uh, yeah. they, yes. they, they start dancing with each other and then he looks up and, and you can see a look on his face, the look on his face changes. And then next cut to, I think the, the following episode, he's going to buy the ring with Katie. So uh, yeah. Yeah. The juxtaposition for sure. If they weren't, if that wasn't the plan to have Marie Fred do that uh, in later seasons, it, it, I'm surprised because it looks like, it, yeah, it looks like uh, the, the dichotomy there is, is perfect. Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else can I add? I'll, I'll add the superficial stuff. Um <laughs> I I couldn't get into that scene with her and Katie because she's like pissed drunk mm-hmm. and she's just talking right into her face. And I'm just thinking if this was, if, if we're to believe what's happening, she probably reeks <laughs> of, of alcohol and Katie wouldn't be so entrenched and so kind of seduced by it all. Well, that's not saying, what I was thinking during that scene, but anyway, I give you a mint? but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get into that scene because she was drunk. If she mm-hmm. wasn't drunk, then that would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. But, but because she was, it, it kind of ruined it for me a bit. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to the washroom. Like I thought, is <laughs> this the same? I'm like, wrong, no, wrong this, this, that was different shirts. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, yeah, that was St. No, Perfect's day. That was, that was in the egg hall. I think. No, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was the same Patty's the day hall. one. Yeah. But I thought, was there another scene that they went to the bathroom? That was my first thought. Uh, was no, uh, now, I think now you're thinking of the scene again. between you and Casey in Sudbury when right. you, when you trade trade oh, shirts. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, say it out loud. It's it's it, it's it's a it's 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 a it's a good uh, pick, and uh, um, yeah, 
I, that, those were the thoughts that were running through my head. Yeah. My only thought was during that scene between Mrs. Mack and, and Katie was, uh, yeah, that's a hot scene. Um, I wasn't thinking <laughs> she was too drunk. I was just thinking that was a hot scene. Trace. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if there's any scene in the entire series that epitomizes the McMurray's, this is it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says everything you need to know about the two of them. Well put. And Casey. Yeah. Ditto. Um, I love, I love what Cassie said about representation of mm-hmm. alternative uh, relationship styles and what's healthy and what's not. And I think you're right. They are one of the healthier couples on this show until Wayne and Rosie show up. Nope. All right, here we go. Next, uh, next clip. Number four. <laughs> She's got the voice of an angel, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's catchy. Bravo! Bravo and bravo! Bravo and bravo! And then there were four. Oh, yeah. I have a few ground rules I'd like to cover. <laughs> Pertaining to... Shoot. No open mouth kissing. On the mouth. Pardon? Observed. Figging and cupping and light electro play are all on the table. But I do have soft limits on canine role play and mummification. Excuse me? Observed. No tushy play unless I ask for it. And I will ask (laughs) for it. What? Observed. Now once we get started, it is recommended that you do not look me directly in the eye. Safe word. Close, Glenn. (laughs) But my safe word is... (gasps) Once again? (laughs) No! Oh, oh my! Y'all are polyamorous. Bingo. Just by being in wedlock. No. Oh, that's a sin. I'm gonna have to skedaddle. Tokyo sayonara for me. Where's that kitty? <laughs> oh man, and the callback too. Like, I don't think enough credits given to that callback. Where's that kitty? Because they're doing. He's doing the Tokyo sayonara. Uh, Casey or Cassie. I knew I was going to do that at least once in this episode. Go ahead. <laughs> Always. Um, again, it's just showing how much fun McMurray and Mrs. McMurray have together. Like, I know it doesn't show a lot of her on her own, like some of the other clips mm-hmm. I had chosen um, do. But it just, again, just shows how much they're on the same page. And not that I've ever done semi-erotic karaoke. Um <laughs> That was a phrase I'd never thought I'd say in my life. If you have, it's okay. <laughs> I have not. I'm not I'm not taking it off the list. I'm just saying I haven't. But I imagine the amount of trust you'd have to have and comfort that you have with your partner to be able to be singing karaoke in a completely different language, completely out of your key, and also in robes the mm. whole time. Very like, revealing yeah. robes, yeah. Very Trace revealing. Is killing himself. I feel like that's so you, Thursday okay, night. So, okay, Cassie, you'd say you have a soft limit on semi-erotic, <laughs> <laughs> semi-erotic yeah. karaoke. Yeah. I've never considered it. Honestly. What would be fully? What would be fully erotic karaoke? 
Um, we'll save that one for, everywhere. <laughs> for TPS after dark after because dark, I yeah. don't know where we that would be going. Oh, yes, you do. That was I a scene know. from season four, episode five, <laughs> the letter Kenny leave. I'm going to. Al's like, we do not want an explicit rating. I'm, I'm just, uh, oh, I just want to save you there from for Cassie's Tanya. What did you think of that scene? <laughs> I, everyone, everyone just bounces off of each other mm-hmm. so well. I love how uh, Glenn's like, she sings like an angel <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, she, and I didn't even realize that they were singing in another language <laughs> until I think this, this walkthrough, mm. um, it, it's just, it's hilarious. I, I love Gaylor. Oh my God. That woman taking off her earrings and, and given the, <laughs> and that they keep on saying observed, observed, mm-hmm. um, and, and Glenn not quite knowing what the heck is going on. There was another time though. Was there not where, um, um, uh, Dick Dickens was there or was he already there in that episode? It's coming. It's oh, coming. okay. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I've, I've re- I'm like, was he there <laughs> in that one or I no. couldn't remember? This Anyways. is the hot tub one, but that Dickens was not in this episode. Okay. There was, there was more times. Cause I thought that. Premature Gaylor, elaboration. Gaylor, yeah. But Whoa. didn't, <laughs> but nice. didn't Gaylor uh, give the same ground on rules t-shirt. on that one? No, well, you'll see in a okay. second. But anyway, okay. I love the commitment to the, the bit, uh, 100% commitment by everyone in that scene. I don't, I, I, I would just love to watch those outtakes um, mm-hmm. because you know, Although I, um, Lisa Codrington is, is, I guess, known as being one of the, the more difficult people to crack. I can't see how she went through that uh, and not at least crack the other people up. When she's saying the, you know, uh, was it the butt play? Oh, and I will ask, you know. I will ask. <laughs> and then the, her uh, her safe word. Yeah. Just, <laughs> which is just yeah, the just sound. Freaking hilarious. Trace? Sorry to people's headphones. <laughs> oh, the... Uh, the funniest part of me is, you know, it starts off with the, as Cassie said, semi-erotic karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> but so less, less known, lesser known hit by that band that does semi-charm kind of life is the semi-erotic. Third eye blind. But yeah. The, <laughs> Third eye. But, but <laughs> the, just the, I love the, the practical pragmatism. Mm-hmm. Of the negotiation. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it just, it goes straight down. It's almost like, you know, they're, you know, doing a real estate deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and like Tanya said, you know, observed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it's like, nobody's trying to really be overly erotic with it. Unlike the karaoke, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's just like, okay, let's get this stuff out of the way and yeah. then we can get to the fun. But I mean, it, but just that turn on a dime is the brilliance of it, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. even, you know, even if she is drunk during that point, she's like, all right, we're discussing mm-hmm. and we're discussing like adults here. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that mm-hmm. switch right there. It's a great scene. Casey. That's a good point. I mean, that's the foundation of kink, right? Mm-hmm. Is to have clear, clear headed negotiations. And even if everybody was drunk, like that's some, somebody knows something about kink mm-hmm. because yeah. that's, I mean, you have to negotiate. And mm-hmm. so can like, You're that to me bro. is like a consent thing and it's cool. Um, also she can sing. Mm-hmm. she's trying to not sing. So she's, I really want to hear her sing. Cause she, some of the notes that she hits, I'm like, Oh, and then she takes it off because she's supposed to, mm. but you can tell she's got a good solid singing voice. Mm. I, I had that same thought. Actually. She's got mm. the voice of an angel. There's some people you hear <laughs> saying that you go, that is someone who knows how to sing. That is intentionally singing. Bad. That is inten- and that's her. That's mm-hmm. what she's doing. A hundred percent. Victor. 
Uh, there's so many good bits and bites going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Glenn who has no idea what the hell is going on um <laughs> till the end and then uh he gets himself out of there uh you've got gail with the best line in in, in that scene mm-hmm. uh you know no no tushy play unless somebody asks for it and i will ask for it um <laughs> and 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 then you've got the mcmurray's having fun and uh lots of revealing and uh i was distracted by her legs because mm-hmm. uh that was uh um, that was pretty good. Yeah, um, that was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> that was nice. That was uh, muy caliente. Yeah. All right, we're down to our top three. Let's uh, let's see what number three is. Number three. You guys heard what the hockey coach is up to at the golf course? Fuck golf. Fucking mm-hmm. ankle sock wearing sallies. That's all I know. That fucking twat says there's too much shit from Canada Gooses on a golf course. There's too much shit from Canada Gooses everywhere. Just keep your dog out of it and keep walking. Exactly. But get this. To curb the amounts of shits from Canada Gooses, that degenerate son bitch has put the wheels in motion to oil and grease up the eggs. Hot Jimmy. The fuck you talking about oil and grease up the eggs? They start down the Canada Gooses nests. Put oil in Canada Gooses eggs so they won't hatch. Oh, what? So mother Canada Gooses sit on their eggs and wait diligently. For them to hatch, but they never hatch. Canada gooses slings die inside the egg. What? 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 I've never been so irate in my whole fucking life. You don't fuck with Mother Nature. You don't fuck with that cocksucker. You don't fuck with motherhood. There's a special place in heaven for animal lovers. That's all I know. Those are fucking Canada gooses. Those are Canada's fucking gooses. Canada gooses are majestics. Barrel chested. The envies of all ornithologies. They are leaders. Born and bred leaders. Canada gooses are van fucking guard. Van fucking guard. Guardians of the fucking galaxy. You know what? You got a problem with Canada gooses. You got a problem with me, and I suggest that that one marinate. Now, coach, an expert on Canada gooses must be fucking nice. When I was coming up, you'd be like, you'd even have Canada gooses. Now we got so many, you want to start killing their babies. Must be fucking nice. You, you, you guys ever notice that as soon as there's a problem around here, everybody starts killing Canada gooses? We ought to leave this world behind. Canada gooses mate for life. They're just like you and me. Fuckers help each other fly when they're in the air. They'll go for each other. You know, you want to kill them for taking ships. You know, I saw two Canada gooses mount a swan one time, and you got to think that swan told her friends about it. You're goddamn right she did. <laughs> I think we all need to take a good look in the mirror and ask ourselves where we would be without Canada gooses. We cannot allow this to happen. We will not allow this to happen. I'm about ready to put some anthrax in the fucking mail here. That's all I know. Oh, settle down, baby. Settle down. Hey! To the golf course. Your wardrobe color scheme looks like a bipolar spell. Get those cocksuckers off your feet. Pardon? The ankle sacks, you fucking Sally. How's your wife let you leave the house looking like that, huh? My wife died three years ago. Yeah, well, one look at you. It's clear she's in a better place now, you fucking asshole. Look, the oiling of goose eggs was approved by the board, all right? And a fine board it is. So... Your little breaking glass display is not going to work. That's why we have a new bylaw that prohibits glass bottles. So all of you are going to get fined. Find my balls, you fucking dandy. Find them. And suck them while you're at it, you chooch. I will do neither of those things, good sir. There's a special place in heaven for animal lovers, that's why I always say. Yes, and those animals will now have a special place in heaven as well. Along with my wife, Barbara. So, let's hit the links. Fucking embarrassing. Ready to drive my car and do a crowd. <laughs> Let's get to work on getting the Canada gooses off the golf course. We have some coyote decoys in the shed. Works for that golf course off the Maitland River. Mm, it'll work here too. 
Pitter-patter. We'll get to work on getting ankle socks off the golf course. Ain't that right, baby? Mm. Let's do this. You know, it's hard not to have Canada Goose's backs when they're so close to us as Male Canada Gooses help female Canada Gooses. You're fucking hammered, eh? This is pretty hard to believe the Canada Gooses are still labeled a pest species in most rural areas. Well, the shoe fits where it. If the truth hurts, bear it, bud. I'll always root for the underdog. <laughs> the Canada Goose looks pretty cute in the hatch, though, right? <laughs> well, no arguments there, good buddy. Fucking A. You ever seen how Canada Goose's stray feathers float on water? They're not even like other birds' feathers that get all waterlogged and shit. No, they're aerodynamic, aquadynamic. It's almost like ants could use their feathers to race them as kayaks or some shit. <laughs> Can't race no kayaks, baby. <laughs> oh, of course they can't race no kayaks, honey. Uh. But maybe they could. <laughs> All right, that's from season four, episode two of Fuss at the Golf Course. Like that needed an introduction. Cassie? So this is one of, I'd say, my top, I'm going to say five favorite episodes and upon re-watching it um what actually makes it one of my favorite episodes is the level of passion <laughs> that is being shown here um especially by mrs mcmurray um the two things that i love how much she gets hung up on are the ankle socks <laughs> and how you know Female Canada gooses help male Canada gooses or vice versa, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, ironic that I messed that up because I quote this near, I quote this episode nearly weekly. <laughs> um, just because I just love how insistent she is. She's so upset because, oh, they mate for life. They're just like us. They help each other out. They help each other fly. And I think, you know, it's kind of a cool, um, I guess, juxtaposition or comparison to their own relationship and how much they help each other and support each other. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when they wrote this episode, there was no other choice for who would be so outraged about oiling the goose eggs. It had to be Mr. And Mrs. McMurray. And I like that again, like Mr. McMurray had some good lines, mm -hmm. but one of the things that this episode made me realize is how good some of the insults are that Mrs. McMurray comes up with. Oh, um, she cuts hard with one of them at mm, least. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they did a secondary mm -hmm. uh uh talent show within Letterkenny, because I know they, you know, have the one episode for uh Letterkenny talent show, mm -hmm. I would love to see Mrs. McMurray just get into a full-on roast battle, which I guess we see with International Women's Day. Mm -hmm. But it just it's such a great scene. Mm -hmm. Um so, yeah, believe it or not, because, I mean, there are other reasons why this episode is one of my favorites, but that is a big chunk of it right there. Sure. And I agree with Awesome when she says, I figured this scene would be your number one given Mark Forward's in it. But you know what? It almost was. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I will never hear the end of that. Um, <laughs> that's all I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it's one of the longer clips, but, it, you know, it's a classic episode, one that gets referred to a lot by the community. Um, yeah, the only thing that hits like stands out to I mean, if the whole episode's great, but that one line that she gives when he said, when he says, my, my wife is dead. He said, well, I can, she's in a better place. 
that wow that's one of those gut punch lines and uh, but yeah the whole thing is is great uh i mean we could have even included the scene where they're driving in circles on, on the with the golf cart but i mean that would oh, yeah. basically would just would have been playing the entire episode back. So I wanted to do that, but <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that to yeah, you. I know. So I appreciate that. Anyway, uh, good pick, uh, trace. Um, uh, this one I liked because it showed, you know, given the right cause and the right problem that she can channel that drunken brilliance mm-hmm. <laughs> into something worthwhile. And, it, it just gives another dynamic to Mrs. McMurray that makes you, I find it endearing. Mm-hmm. Some might hate it, but I find it endearing. Okay. I can see it. Absolutely. Casey. That's, That's what, what I, I always say. <laughs> um, this is, this is uh, one of my favorite scenes just mm-hmm. in general from an ensemble standpoint. Um, but the, the lead up and the emotion that they have when they're talking about the Canada gooses is really sweet. I really like that. And then to flip that and like, see the anger. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like hot and cold. She's ready to send out the anthrax Victor. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, so first I, th- I think we need to, uh, again, just uh, snicker at the hard grass. Uh, and the, the bottles breaking with such ease on grass that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I challenge you to try and do that in real life mm-hmm. and, and make it break. Um, and, and, uh, so I'll bring the superficial to it again, since you guys brought all this, this sappy stuff. Um, <laughs> while, while they're talking, while they're talking about the gooses, um, I saw the wind in a, a bit of a brawling match with uh, Miss McMurray's top. And I was wondering who's going to win. And, and so I, was, so I was a little distracted by that. And I uh, enjoyed that scene as well. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Okay. And Can I just oh. say before we go on, sorry, I didn't mean to like no. interject, but in terms of great undressings, like dressing down of different characters and roast battle sort of situations in this series, like, Obviously, we have we have you know Tannis talking about Stuart, but this oh, has yeah. got to be up there. This mm-hmm. has got to be like in second or third place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was just so yeah. fucking good, and that's immediately what I thought of mm-hmm. uh, when I was watching this scene over again. It's like this is up there. Yeah, it goes hard. So does that that one you said the scene with Tannis and Stuart, mm-hmm. and probably another one that comes to mind is Hard Right J, uh, Tannis and Hard oh, Right J. Yeah. Usually it's Tannis delivering those undressings, but in, in this case it was definitely Mrs. McMurray. S- speaking of undressings, mm-hmm. uh, you know when we were watching Coach, all I could think of is t- uh, Cassie trying to undress Coach, <laughs> uh, so. at the show. Uh, no, she was trying to dress him, wasn't she? Wasn't she trying to help him? Yes. Well, I, that yes. was the plan, but yeah. it ended up working backwards. So go figure that one out. So she's. Living not, out her dreams, was she? Oh my god, I was not <laughs> expecting this to happen on a Mrs. McMurray episode. <laughs> Casey. But sorry, not Casey, Tanya. Tanya. No. Tanya. No. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I my first thought when I watched this is uh finding out that they had uh an allowance for um breakable break break, breakaway glass and how that made so much sense. It was like there's a there's an insane amount of glass breaking. In the whole um, season, not just this the, one episode, the whole season. <laughs> but in this one season mm-hmm. particularly. As Especially, this especially, episode. yeah, for sure. 
Um, yeah, she gets all fired up and rightfully so. And uh, a lot of great lines came from this one. Unfortunately, the, the, uh, ants riding on, um, <laughs> sea uh, no, the kayaks uh, and the, and the, and yes, the, the feathers at the end there wasn't one of my particularly fond ones, but wasn't your favorite cold open. <laughs> wasn't no, my no. favorite cold open. Oh, no, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a great episode. She, she does hit hard, which mm-hmm. I don't usually, um, appreciate, but, uh, he did dirty play. And so she, uh, she gave it back to him. Mm. All right, here we go with number two. Number two. McMurray's Rosie. There's a leak new to my cousin circulating around town and we're looking for who's behind it. Boom. So what are we talking about here? Chance? Beaver, a little beaver cleaver. One of them over the shoulder shots into the mirror with a little bit of backside. Tits and beef. Oh, did you see her split? Maybe one of those bend over shots into the mirror, you see a little peek over split. Yeah, a little split sampler. A little split sample bladder. A little split mangler. Oh, you. Well, who's got it? Oh, let's have a little peekaboo, that's what I always say. If it wasn't sent to you, it wasn't meant for you. Well, let's have a cocksucking gin and tonic, then. So you haven't seen it? Well, not yet, but the suspense is killing me. Now, now, baby, don't get your hopes up. You know what they say, the bigger the build-up, the shittier the movie. So you don't know who leaked it? No, but if I was you, I'd be looking directly at Jimmy Dixon. <gasps> what do you have against Jim Dickens? He's too tall, that's all I know. Too tall to be trusted. Don't believe a word he says. It's all tall tales. He was the last one to crawl out that skin slice. I'm not just standing here waving your fingers at me. Jim Dickens is a good guy. With values. He would never do anything like that. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Huh? (laughs) Do the math. (laughs) Do you have anything to say to that? (laughs) As it turns out, I will not be joining you for an afternoon hot tub. Know anything about this, Jim? Miss Gale and I have had a courtship in the past. But if I ever circulated a naked photo of a woman who trusted me with her body, I would voluntarily permit that woman to cut off my genitals and then thank her for the kindness. There's some good ones left. You know what? Give me one a good reason why we ought to believe that, you redwood-looking, beanstalk, cell phone tower-looking psalm bitch. He looks a bit like Jeff Goldblum. You want one good reason? Mm. I'll give you one. And after that, I'll give you two. And then after that, I'll look at three good reasons to wait like I fall for four dollars. Good reason for looking at Ladies, the concept of eagerly oversharing an explicit photograph resonates to me as childlike behavior. Yep. Boys. There are two boys who come to mind straight out the gate. Yeah. I guess they should have been our first stop. Fucking bell tower, corn silo, giraffe bass, space needle, fucking some bitch. Yeah, fuck you, dick king. Boreal forest sequoia. <laughs> like Charles. Before we talk about this, that last part there where he says like Charles, I feel like he breaks character because that sounds more like Alex McCooey than it does Dickens when he says like Charles. Anyway, that is from season 11, episode four nudes, Cassie. Again, this is a fantastic example of her just throwing out insults mm-hmm. and You'd be more mad about her, especially because Dickens is such a good guy, but she's creative with them. Like <laughs> the boreal sequoia looking motherfucker line or however it went. Um, that always gets me. I know it's coming and it always gets me. Mm. And I guess like Mr. McMurray is also, you know, throwing out some really great insults. Mm-hmm. But I think most of them do come from Mrs. McMurray and it's a chance where she may not be fully standing on her own in 
well, both physically and in terms of uh, her insults. But yeah, I could just sit back and watch her makeup insults all day. It would be hilarious. And yeah, I just really, really like it. It's no deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. just very funny. It's a, it's a hilarious scene. Trace? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good scene. Uh, <laughs> I, that wasn't exactly like uh, my favorite exposition of the McMurray's and all that stuff, but the arboreal rainforest Sequoia motherfucker is a great line. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Casey. Yeah. Same. Um, I, the physical comedy is here too. I mm-hmm. like the subtle stuff. I'm, I, I devour her when she's on screen with my eyeballs. Cause she's got so many little things that she does with her body while she's speaking that are really artful. And can we just say she's a smoke show too. So it, it it's d- disarming. Right. No, she's gorgeous it's to look at. Disarming, wow. right? Absolutely. When when you have that she's kind of comedy coming from somebody who looks like her. <laughs> but she's also animated. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know, straight comedy mm-hmm. and you know, she animates her comedy with her body. So mm-hmm. very good. Vic- nice. Victor yeah, that scene doesn't really do anything for me, um, <laughs> to be honest. Like, for, from a McMurray's perspective, it mm-hmm. was just a right. Uh, for me, Dick Skin made it funny mm-hmm. as soon as the, you know, the pan, mm-hmm. uh, camera pans and we see him. And that's, for me, it becomes funny at that point. Um, but yeah, I, it was very forgettable other than that. Okay. I do remember uh, the first time seeing it. And then when it pans over to, to Dickens and it's like, Oh my God, he was there the whole time. Like what were they saying about him? Oh, that's so, the that's worst so things, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't remember that was the, the big takeaway and it still kind of holds true that yeah, he's, he's standing there and they're having the whole conversation and then they look over to him. The, the takeaway line I think from Mrs. McMurray is he was the last one to go up that or down that skin slide. I mean, that's just graphic and crude and just all sorts of, wrong but really really funny all right not not that funny i i I, I thought it was would you ever come up with those words yourself though the skin slide really (laughs) like i just i've never no like who comes up with it's almost like you need a split personality to write (laughs) for her because like where are you getting that stuff Uh, you know kiso's mind and and uh, probably a little bit of trevor risk in there and actually Mm, um Uh, We've left Trevor out of this conversation, and I think that's a gross oversight. Probably. (laughs) That's fair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And there's another writer, a female writer, I forget her name. I've been following her on um, Instagram, and she, uh, I can see her coming up with a lot of these lines, too. She She's uh, prominent in in the Canadian roast battles, and she's really crude as well. She she can be. So I I wouldn't be surprised if she writes a lot of McMurray's, uh, Mm. Mrs. McMurray's stuff anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm my bad for not knowing her name off the top of my head. I will have it for next time though. All right. We're at our number one. Are you guys ready to see what Cassie picked for her number one? Here we go. Number one. The winner of the very first bro dude, Miss Modeniality pageant with a dominating performance across all three categories. Mrs. McMurray! 
life, I do gracefully. So as well, it should be no surprise that I'm a graceful winner as well, that's all I know. Do you mean gracious? I'd like to say a little something, if I may. If I may. Oh, thank you. Marianne, you reminded us all this afternoon of that time all our periods sunk up in 07, remember that? Oh, yes. There's a sense of camaraderie amongst us all. And when the grocery store ran out of tampons, there was the soft people amongst us, there was the SOS bad people amongst us. Can't forget old Hey Bill Gale. But the most important <clears throat> thing is there was no hoarding of any of it. We shared. You know, some real children of the corn shit. All of us getting our periods at the exact same time like that. And if that wasn't bad enough, I had a particularly messy month. It was Shark Week down there. Red wedding for me. Nightmare on Elm Street. Climactic scene of the movie Carrie. Saw four. Saw one through four. I was one amongst us who stepped an SOS pad down there just to get by. But who was there for me? When McMurray came home from the store with steel wool sponges instead of SOS pads, <laughs> used. And who was there for me when I was out of clean socks and he didn't know how to work the laundry machine? Used. And that's why I share this award with yous. <laughs> All right, that is Cassie's best Mrs. McMurray moment. Yes, I already said that. That is International (laughs) Women's Day from season, well, the end of season 10, between season 10 and 11. Cassie, talk about that one. I think this um, scene really sums up Mrs. McMurray, and it's one of the few times we actually get to see her stand completely on her own in a scene Mm -hmm. and carry that scene without like a lot of input from anybody else. She's, you know, talking about something that happened that was so crude, like everybody's periods, you know, sinking up and all the hardships they went through, but she still found a way to use it to lift up her fellow females, to lift up her friends and colleagues. And she was still incredibly funny about it. So it's funny. It was heartfelt. And I think, I mean, in general, I feel like the writing for Letter Kenny is hilarious and heartfelt. That's what it is together. Mm-hmm. But it's really well embodied uh, within Mrs. McMurray, and especially in the scene. And you can watch it on a very surface level and be like, she looks very funny in her duochrome shifted tacky dress, like her crimped hair. It's very funny. It's also very, very hot. Like, mm-hmm. God, I wish I looked like her. But um, when you actually listen to what she's saying, there's that level of, okay, that's crude and funny in that regard, but there's heart to it. And mm-hmm. that's what I came to really love about this character. Um, I went from being like neutral on her to just really, really enjoying even like the, I guess, drier scenes where she doesn't have a whole lot to say. Yeah, I found more and more to enjoy about her. So getting this episode together helped me to further enjoy a character that I normally wouldn't. And I feel like I've been enriched because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I agree uh, on the chat, the report card trip from this episode was the best, <laughs> the best one. Casey. Um, I, I love international women's day episode. I think it's great. Um, I, it took me this many times to watch it, to realize that 
she put the crown on herself. Like initially <laughs> I right. thought she was just like sort of being drunk, you know, Mrs. McMurray and yeah. collapsing. And then she just put it on her head. No, mm-hmm. she, she got underneath it and put it on. And I want to rewatch that. I love that. <laughs> Very good. Victor. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I kind of agree that the chirps themselves were probably funnier mm-hmm. or maybe even better scenes than this one, but I, I appreciate kind of Cassie's, um, I guess, um, explanation of the scene and kind of what it meant to her mm-hmm. and how she kind of grew to appreciate her character uh, based on that. So yeah. I, I get that, but for me as a scene, it's just, it's just, for me, it's just another scene. And I mm-hmm. think that her chirps were definitely funnier. But in the whole episode, she is standing on her own. She isn't attached yeah. to, to McMurray's arm and stuff like that. So it is a good, a good showcase of her, her character on, on her own for sure. Tanya. Yeah. This is a perfect number one. Like this is she exactly everything that you've said. She's standing on her own. She's, she's, you know, bringing in the, the girls and, and I, I saw it for the first time too. her putting the hat on herself and, and, and just like snaking in and under, um, to get it on. And, uh, it, it's, it's, she's brilliant. It, it's, it's truly a, a great scene to showcase her skill and what she brings to, to the show. Yeah. Uh, Trace. I like in this one too, like in, uh, a basketball, like a bench player comes off the bench mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just goes off for 25 points. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't expecting it. And but when it happens, you find yourself rooting for the character. Yeah. And it's, and it really makes you like, yeah, go Mrs. McMurray, go, you know, and you just, <laughs> each scene, she just keeps amping it up. And it's like, it's a, it's a perfect example of, you know, uh, the beauty of Letterkenny and becoming fully an ensemble piece that anyone could take the ball and run with it. Mm. You know, it's, and it's, this was her episode and it was great. And I just, I remember that, uh, on this episode, when y'all ranked it, she of course got the MVP. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, deserved it 100%. Yeah. But in a self-serving moment, I want to go on record and you can check the tapes on all the other ones. Mm-hmm. I was the first person to ever give Mrs. McMurray an MVP for a club. Oh. Oh, well, there you go. We'll have to take your word for it because I'm not going to go back in the tapes. Check the tapes. Check the tapes. <laughs> no, just take his word for it because Trace has a, an honest face. Um, anyway, this was great, Cassie. Thank you so much. It was a, a lot of fun. And, and you know, thank you for, for putting all these clips together. Uh, again, these character studies, for lack of a better term, I, I love doing these and because I, I think especially with letter Kenny, we've got 11 seasons worth of content to go through still looking for people who are brave enough to try, you know, take a crack at some of the main characters like, uh, like Wayne or like Derry. I mean, I don't mind if people team up, like we had, um, was it Mike and Liz teamed up to do best of, uh, Tannis, was it? Yes. So that's, if you guys want to do that, let me know because, uh, these are a lot of fun. I know, uh, you know, the, the main characters would be a bit bigger, work load because it is 11 seasons and they're in almost every single episode. Whereas Mrs. McMurray is not, but it's still, um, yeah, there's still great, great uh, choices and great representation. So we'll go around the horn for one last, uh, comment before we wrap this up, Victor. 
Yeah, this was really fun. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thought we're coming into this with, uh, with Cassie, but we got like Cassie and Casey. It's like, uh, we got a two, four and, <laughs> and even, in, uh, you know, our good, good DJ uh, from, from down South joined mm -hmm. us. So, yeah. so this, this is, you know, this was real fun. Uh, I really appreciate it. Cassie, you're, um, you're a rocket. So, uh, <sighs> you know, don't, don't, don't be comparing yourself to a fictional character. Um, uh, and, and we thanks, love you. The way you we love you the way that you are. Uh, and thanks for doing this. You did an awesome job and, um, that didn't disappoint. Mm -hmm. Especially, oh God, thank you. Especially all decked out in your hockey gear. You look like a badass. Right. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Tanya. Uh, absolutely. This was great. I, I, I miss these. I miss coming on and, and seeing you guys and, and, uh, having the, the, uh, shout, like really the deep character dives because, mm -hmm. uh, it had so much more, uh, levels to, to, to the show there. Like so often I'm watching something just kind of surface level and, mm -hmm. uh, you guys show a completely different side to it. And it was like, did I even watch the same show? Sometimes <laughs> I, I wonder, um, but you, you did a fantastic job tonight. Uh, thank you so much for this. And, and thank you to uh, Trace and to Casey for coming out and uh, sharing the evening. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I'll, I'll let go my co-hosts and what they say. You did a great job and I knew you would, you, you, you brought it and uh, well done. And we have Mrs. Mack. Um, I mean, she's, a lot of like a really fun character. So uh, really appreciate it. And I think your number one is bang on because, and everyone in the live stream agrees yeah, the international sure. women's day episode is, is a top fiver in a lot of cases. And uh, uh, so it was, it was the perfect number one. So thank you, Cassie, as always, you, you, you uh, delivered tonight and uh, we appreciate you. Trace. Aww, thank you. Uh, last best of episode that I did. Mm-hmm. Cassie got to play Matt, and I'm glad I got to return. To oh, wow. Matt. Look at that. I That's didn't true. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. And I remember that one specifically because uh, during that episode, I realized that I wanted to hear uh, Cassie on here as much as possible because she's a natural, and mm -hmm. I'm <sighs> always glad to hear her on here. Excellent. Agreed. Thank you. Casey? Ditto. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for letting me crash your party. Yeah, thanks for crashing um, it. <laughs> thanks for writing the the um, limerick trace and letting me. Um, thanks for have doing the limerick. Fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, yeah, great work, Cassie. I love these deep dives, um, and I just I needed this. This was this was rejuvenating. So I really appreciate you guys letting me crash. Awesome. And Cassie, you get the final word. Well, as always, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have such a blast working on these and thank you for all your kind words. Trace, thank you for the amazing limerick and Casey, your impression is awesome. Oh, for sure. And Victor and Tanya and Al, I love working with you guys, like coming on and just hanging out. And more than anything, like, I just want to say, you know, thank you for hanging out and watching these with me because at the end of the day, I just love these discussions. I love breaking down the character tropes and I need to stop smacking my microphone. <laughs> um, and thank you very much to everybody in the live stream for their kind of, you know, feedback as well. Um, I don't know, you know, when I started watching Letter Kenny, if I would have believed I'd ever be doing a deep dive about Mrs. McMurray. And I'm <laughs> glad that I've 
grown. I'm mm-hmm. glad that I've expanded my horizons a little bit. Um, and I do have to give a shout out to awesome for uh, calling me out for the uh, fuss at the golf course. Um, that was definitely, it was going to be my number one. And then I remembered how much I loved that scene from international women's day. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. fight it. Don't be a stereotype. <laughs> You're only stereotyping yourself as, exactly. as the as the president of the Mark Forward fan club. Ooh, full on president. <laughs> All right. Population one. No. You uh, oh, uh, oh, oh. joking. Jeff's in, Jeff's in there. Yeah, Jeff's in there. Jeff's in there. <laughs> uh, and after going to the show, I think um, Victor might be in there as well. <laughs> one of us. One yeah. of us. All right. Uh, I asked you for a song to play us off tonight, and you gave me one by uh, uh, the great Canadian songwriter Hoxley Workman. The song I love is him so much. The song is called Maniacs. That's all we have for this episode. Next week, we will be holding our first ever Universal Brawl Draft with our buddy Chad. You're not going to want to miss this one. Don't forget, you can use a promo code PRODUSAN for 20% off any purchase on DiabolicalCoffee.com. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please tell a friend. Also, follow us on most social media outlets at PRODUSANPOD. You can now add Blue Sky to that list. And thank you for joining us. We're now going to kick back uh, kick back some more cocksucking G&Ts at the after party on behalf of Cassie, Trace, Casey, Tanya, Victor, and myself, thank you for listening, and have a great week. So you-